Welcome to the Storytellers and Wild Creatives podcast. I am your host, Sage Adderley, and my first cup of coffee just hit. So let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Grab a beverage, pull up a chair, get cozy. Today, I'm going to be talking about grief, something we've all experienced, and many of us are experiencing it right now in this moment. And I specifically want to talk about what it looks like or could look like to be creative while also grieving. I believe it's possible to do both, to be creative and to grieve. And I also highly recommend it. And I'm going to tell you why. So grief is an interesting creature. You can't escape it. If you're a human, having a human experience, which you are, (laughs) you're going to experience grief. And it could look many different ways. I always feel like grief has many masks. Like it could look so many different ways. It can feel many different ways. I mean, sometimes it feels so big. It's like it completely paralyzes us. Like we can't even move. It's so heavy. Sometimes grief feels like multiple weighted blankets on top of me. And other times I feel the grief. I can feel it inside of me, but I'm also able to navigate my day. Like it's a both. Okay. I feel you there. Grief is happening. I'm feeling it. And I get to go through my day and I can, it's doable. Grief is silent tears when you hear a specific song come on the radio. And grief is also ugly crying in the shower. Grief can be both. You can't experience grief right or wrong, just like most everything in life. It just is. And there's a different amount of things that trigger our grief. Grief is when we experience a breakup, when we experience a job loss, a major life change like moving, relocating to a new place and missing the memories of where you raised your children or maybe your own childhood home. It could be from experiencing the death of a loved one, any kind of ending that matters to you. It definitely shows up when we're experiencing an illness or witnessing a loved one go through a challenging time. Also, let's not forget, we've been living through a pandemic for years. No matter what your thoughts are about the pandemic, I'm not going to even touch it, (laughs) but it's real. We've been living in a pandemic for a few years now, and that has triggered so much grief for so many different reasons. So a lot of people who know me know that I've experienced different tragedies, and I've been very vulnerable and visible about sharing them. And I get the question of like, how do you stay in movement when you're experiencing grief, Sage? How do you do it? Okay, first of all, (laughs) this is the first thing that I do. I always try to remember that when I'm experiencing grief, I get to readjust whatever my goal was before the grief felt real big. So I remind myself, 
what I'm capable of creating when I'm in a feel-good space in my mind, in my body, and my soul, it could look very different than what I'm capable of creating when I'm all up in my grief feels. So first thing is first, I pull that ex- expectation bar down super low. And I give myself permission to show up differently. Whatever my 10 looked like yesterday is not how my 10 is going to look like today, all up in my grief feels. So for example, if you're experiencing grief and you're writing a book and you're like, I still want to stay active in my book writing, but I'm finding it challenging. So maybe your goal was writing three hours a week. So my recommendation would be try one hour a week. Is one hour a week doable? And maybe the grief is big enough that one hour a week just isn't doable. So then I would say, well, what what is something smaller but still keeps you in movement with your book project? It could be something like looking at your book outline, reading through it, staying connected with it. If you're writing fiction, it could be going through your character profiles. What could you do to add to those that feels fun and light? And again, it's keeping you connected. And maybe those feel too big. So you pull the bar down a little bit lower and you choose an even smaller goal. And maybe that goal is going to your office or wherever your writing space is and just tidying it. Maybe just cleaning it up, doing a little decluttering, adding some fresh flowers, lighting a candle, just sitting in the space. So you see how I started off with a goal, but if it wasn't attainable, I just shifted into something different that was smaller. And then I shifted again into something different that was smaller. Because I really don't think there's a goal that you can set for yourself that's too small, especially when the grief is feeling extra big. And you might be in a space where working on your project isn't even doable. You're like, not even going to play around with that idea. It's not even doable. So I would suggest getting curious about what type of creativity would support you with moving through your feelings. When my husband died in 2018, I read a lot about grief. So many things, books, articles, blogs. And what came up for me over and over again in the material was how grief could show up in our bodies, how we can hold it in our bodies. And I became fearful that grief was going to linger inside of me and possibly develop into an illness. And what I know all these years later is that even with being in movement like I was, and still am, I do carry grief in my body through various traumas that I experience. But I know that when I choose creativity, I feel lighter afterward. I feel free. Like I don't feel that heaviness. And it doesn't mean that grief is gone from me forever because personally, I don't think grief ever leaves. I think we do carry it with us, but I do think it can shift and change and look differently over time. And I know that when I am creative, 
that the grief is moving through. So it's not just sitting stagnant and festering and yeah, just getting extra gross. <laughs> like I just imagine it being this growth inside of us that's just dark and you know, it's like, how do we move it? How do we thin it out? How do we keep it going so it doesn't weigh us down? It doesn't take us over. So some of the creativity that I use to navigate my grief is painting. Like even if it's just strokes on a canvas, just that movement of my hand feels so good. I like to move watercolor on paper. Again, moving my hand. Ripping out photos from a magazine is so therapeutic for me. I never use scissors. I love using my hands, creating collages, writing haikus, doing free writing that no one will ever read. So it could be super weird (laughs) and messy and vulnerable because nobody will read it. I could even throw it away or burn it after I'm done. But my goal is to move my mind and body in some way to keep that grief moving. It's not allowed to sit and set up shop inside of me in one space. It's got to move. Got to move it. So I'm going to do a recap. Pull the expectation bar down to find a goal that feels doable no matter how small you think it is. I've mentioned it before, but sometimes I find that we can dismiss small increments of movement in our lives, whatever it looks like, creativity or not. And every small movement is one step forward. Don't dismiss small acts of movement. So after we get that bar down low, and we're finding a doable goal, we're choosing some type of creativity, either for a project or not. Some type of creativity that supports moving the grief through our body, moving it out, moving it, moving it. And finally, I just want to remind you that you're not alone. You're not alone. Even when grief can feel so dark and heavy. You're not alone. And I really believe that when it it feels its biggest, it will not always feel that big. It's going to shift and change. That is what has remained consistent with grief for me uh, is it never stays so heavy and unmanageable. When I'm in movement, it moves. And I know it's different for all of us. So you get to find what works for you. You get to find the creativity that supports you in feeling that freedom, feeling that lightness. You've got this. We've got this because we're doing it together. 